It's time for State of Play with David Adam, brought to you by Tri-City Sports in the Main Center at 6th and Main and by Excel Performance Health and Wellness at 8th and State. And here's Dave Adam. Hi, this is David Adam. I'm the host of this podcast. I'm also the editor at Muddy River News. I've also coached youth sports teams since I was 14 years old, and I turn 56 tomorrow. So, anyway, we're going to talk about softball on today's podcast. And joining me is Lori Vogel, who has worked with softball pitchers in this area for many, many years. I've known Lori for many, many years. Thank you for coming to join us. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. Uh, First of all, I want to give a little bit of Lori's resume. Uh, Basically, Lori, many people remember her from uh, her days at Quincy Notre Dame. Um, They won multiple state championships in softball during her time there. Also pitched for four years at Illinois State. But when I first met Lori, she was playing summer softball for a team that many people around here have forgotten, but that should have never happened. The Quincy Jets program was unlike any other, and I don't think anything even closely resembles it these days. Let people know, what were the Jets? Well, the Quincy Jets was really uh, way ahead of its time. and it was yeah, it really was, wasn't it? It was, it was. And um, it was a travel softball team, uh, the very first one ever in this area, and you had to try out to make the team. So trying out, there would be 100, 125 girls at the tryouts. And um, it was just basically where I just learned the core of everything that I teach today. And um, I'm very thankful of having Harry Phillips as a mentor and teaching you the right way to do things. And that was just it. This was a team that still was essentially Quincy kids, but went all around the Midwest and eventually went all around the country playing against the top-level competition against anybody at, at, at your age level. I mean, it essentially wasn't a, a trip to the national tournament. It was just sort of something that the Jets programs kind of expected to do at the end of their, at the end of their summer, wasn't it? Yes, that's what we did every single summer. And that was at a time when there was only one national tournament. It wasn't watered down with – six or seven different organizations based on Midwest, North, South, Eastern, whatever. There was one national tournament and there were 52 teams there. The Jets were very successful because um, Harry Phillips, the foundation of who we were was fundamentals. And um, we, it was just about having fun, but also um, it was just about hard work. And it, it's, it's hard to find that today. And the kids truly, everyone understood their role. The first year that I played on the Quincy Jets, I was not a starter. I spent a lot of time on the bench, but that was my role. And in this day and age, if you're not starting, you quit and you go to a different team or you badmouth the coach or you, you've got a lot of team jumpers. Everybody was committed to one goal and everybody knew their role. So how has softball, now that was... Many years ago, you were a teenager. Now, how do kids get involved in softball, and, and where do they play? Well, it's very different. Back when I started, we all started at the Quincy Park District. I started when I was five years old. There was no t-ball. There was no coach pitch. So how my pitching career started, they lined everybody up at five years old, and the person that could get the ball across the plate, that was me, you're the pitcher. So that's how my career started. 
So <laughs> it really is kind of a funny story, but um, it, it's there is some park district here in Quincy. It's basically a rec league. Everybody has turned to traveling everything, not just softball, but right. volleyball and basketball, soccer, what have you. But um, so it's really f- hard to find a place to play locally here as just a team because everything has turned into travel. So from a travel softball perspective, where do teams travel to Hannibal and Pittsfield and locally, or is it we've got to travel to St. Louis and Springfield and Columbia starting at eight years old to be able to find a decent softball game? Well, I don't really think at eight years old anybody should be traveling at eight years oh, I old. I don't disagree with you, but I think it happens. It happens a lot, and, and kids get very burnt out. I know two kids that are going to be freshmen that go to local high schools this year that quit playing softball that are exceptional athletes, but they've been traveling every weekend since they're eight years old, and they're just burned out on it. But you can go. It's like anything else. You you get what you pay for, and you know it depends on you know what level you're looking at, what level of success. Hannibal does have some um, some leagues during the week. Hannibal has a lot of travel tournaments on the weekends. Burlington does. Columbia does. Springfield does. And but the it, one that you haven't mentioned is Quincy. Correct. So and, if you're a Quincy kid, where do you go? How do you find? How do you get involved? You have to find a team to travel. Ask questions to people that have been in it before. There's quite a few Facebook groups that um, are put on there when tryouts are this time of year is when all the tryouts are for next year's travel mm-hmm. teams. They all happen in July and August. So if, if you're looking to do that, I would check the Facebook groups. A lot of parents of current travel people will share that on their page. It's like anything else. Where do we find out what we need to know now? It's all on social media. It's yeah. not in the newspaper. Yeah. So. You're, I just, I completely agree with you. I mean, that's sort of the way everything has gone is, when you were kids, when I was a kid, we had one baseball league growing up to play. And that, was, that was it. Either you played in that league or you didn't play. For you, it was the Park District League. Um, I can still probably hear Jenny Lou Vogel in the back of my head going, say you can now, honey, say you can. <laughs> but that was what you did. And, and the CYO was also a, an opportunity for, for many kids around here. The CYO leagues almost are non-existent anymore, just the way things have gone. Um so if, if, if I'm a kid that hasn't played much, you know, you started when you were five. And a lot of kids start when they're like five or six years old. But I've moved to town. I don't know how to get involved. Um, I've never played the game before. When you're 10, 11 two years old, is it too late? How would, how would you suggest to somebody to get involved in, in a, on a team here in Quincy? And I, and I don't know what the Facebook, you know, I don't know what Facebook teams to look up. Where would you go? Well, I would just start contacting people that you, you possibly know that, that know something about softball and maybe call the Quincy Park District. And if they can't figure something out for you, maybe they have contact information of people that you could get a hold of. But there, there's ways to get a hold of people. But it's going to probably be a travel situation because that's what really all that's out there right now. Maranatha so, hasn't had a league in four years. Yeah, so are you coaching Youth softball, or are you just working with pitchers during the summer? I haven't coached youth softball. This is the second summer that I okay. haven't coached. I retired, got out of that. I have grandkids now, so I have other things I want to do. But um, it's, and again, it's when I coached summer travel ball, my schedule was very limited. I, you know, promised my parents we're not going more than two hours from home. 
I can lose in Springfield and be home in 100 minutes. I don't have to go to Kansas City and lose. I can, you know. So there's all different levels of competition. And, you know, starting out, everybody thinks their kid's going to be a D1 softball player, and they have to be on the biggest, most expensive travel team. (laughs) And it just, you know, you have to decide, and especially for females, we take a very different career path than men do. We're not going to make a million dollars doing this. So... If you can find someone that will pay for your education, whether it be JUCO, D3, NAIA, whatever it is, and you get to play the game that you truly love, then go that path. Or if you're not going to go to college and play um, softball, then you probably shouldn't be playing travel ball when you're 16 years old because you can take a lot of nice family vacations for what it costs to play travel ball. If that's not your commitment and that's not your end goal, Take a family vacation instead. Let's take a real quick break to t- let our listeners know about our sponsors. No matter the age or fitness level, Excel Performance Health and Wellness has a program for you. It offers a youth sports development class, a sports enhancement program, personal training, and online training. They create custom programs that will give you the best results you're looking for. Contact Excel at 217-214-3482. Also, one of our sponsors is Tri-City Sports, and it's not just a soccer store. You can find the best selection of your Quincy High School and Quincy Notre Dame fan wear to root on your favorite team in the store at 535 Main in the Main Center. Need screen-printed apparel for your business, organization, fundraiser, or sports team? Call them for details at 217-224-2489. They also carry all of your soccer needs. And that gets into a little bit, Lori, about when you when you're talking about kids playing softball, one of the things that I'm sure that you 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 fight as a coach, but you also understand is when you were in school, not only were you a, a, a very highly decorated softball player, but you also played volleyball and you also played basketball. These days, kids are being pulled a million directions. I'm assuming that's the same for softball. How do kids deal with it during the summer? Well, it's very difficult, and this is where we run into a situation where kids decide to specialize because coaches put demands on kids. Like when I was in school, everyone knew that I was going to play softball in the summer. I was not penalized by my basketball coach. I was not penalized by my volleyball coach if I wasn't at Who the Who happened shootout. to be the same person, but right, still. Right, but, you know, basketball was different. I didn't do the basketball leagues because I was playing in the softball league. I didn't do the shootouts because I was traveling playing softball. But at the same time, they also knew that I was putting in the time on my own. I was shooting the free throws in my driveway. I was putting in the time on that, but I was not penalized for not showing up. And when you played basketball during basketball season – you gave every you, you showed to all the practices, you made it to all the games, and you gave your time to that sport during the appropriate time of the year. Correct. I was all in, 150%. Whatever sport I was playing got my full attention at that time. Now, towards the end of basketball season, you got softball season coming up, I would go to basketball practice for two hours, and then I would stay and pitch for an hour. But my the, the sports never I, – I never gave up time – for, for another sport during the season. So what do you tell kids these days uh, about being a multi-sport athlete? I know, for example, um, my own daughter played three sports through her first two years in high school, and then as a, as a junior, she decided my schooling is getting a little harder. 
I'm not as interested in it anymore. And she made the decision to play one sport. However, some kids continue to want to do it. And when you listen to people who talk about the NFL draft or the or NBA draft, and they talk about people, they, they look at players and they want to know what other sports did you play as a coach who coaches softball, but as someone who was also a three sport athlete, what would you say to people who have kids who want to play multiple sports? Good idea or not? I think it's a great idea. And we, we encourage that at all times. We will do whatever it is we need to do to make sure that the kids can play the sports that they want to. The problem too is, is that today, if kids aren't starting by the time they're a sophomore, they quit. So (laughs) it's, you know, I talk to kids all the time that, you know, are making decisions to quit, not just quit softball, you know, quit basketball, quit volleyball, quit whatever they're doing, quit band or whatever it is. You know, you don't get a chance to redo this. And you need to do all of these different things, you know, within reason, but really think about quitting because, you know, there's there's many things to be learned from all of the different sports. You use different muscles in different sports. You're a better all-around athlete if you play multiple sports. If I had just played softball all the time, I probably would have hated hated it and never went to college and played softball. Now all of a sudden I've got a child who's when can you really start teaching a young girl how to how to properly pitch a softball? What is is there a too early of an age to start? Well, I think it's it's such a demanding um position. It's it's mentally tough, and it, it's it's a pressure position. It is the most pressure position on the field. And um, kids can start at a young age. They can start at eight or nine. Um, I've worked with a lot of kids that age, and, you know, it, it, it can't be intense. People get too intense. It, it has to be fun. And let's be honest, their attention span is about 10 minutes, you know, and so I only work with those kids for 30 minutes. That's it. A lot of parents want an hour. They want an hour three times a week. It's too much, you know. And so I only work with them for 30 minutes, you and know. What's funny, it's so interesting to hear you say that because knowing you personally and knowing how you were as a player, you were the type of person, like you said, after two hours of basketball, I went home and threw for an hour. You were very intense. You were very competitive as a, as a child, but I also know you did have fun. And I think that's the part of this whole thing is that there, yeah, okay, you want to get intense about it. You want to get serious about it. That's okay. But there has to be a fun aspect to this, or you're going to end up with some of those girls like you talked about who've just gotten burned out and say, I can't do this anymore. Correct. It has to be fun. And for me, I'm, I was a freak of nature. I was not a normal child. I loved it. I loved every single thing that I did. My parents never said, go out there and practice. My parents were not so intense that if I didn't do it, there were no repercussions if I didn't do it. I wanted to do it, and that was the difference. And that's the thing with kids learning how to pitch. You know, I might start out a year where you have 40 kids, and I always tell them, look around, because next year there'll be 20. 20 of you will be left. And I think that kids... It's a lot of work. To be a pitcher, it's a lot of work. You you can't be a pitcher once a week. You know, you, you have to put in the time. So it's talk repetition. about how much time do you have to put in? If you're 12 years old, you're starting junior high age ball, you're starting to grow into your, you know, physicality and what you're, what you're, you're, you're becoming a young woman now. How much time 
do you expect the pitchers who you work with to spend on their own, not when they're with you, but on their own, uh, honing their craft? Probably four days a week. For how long each day? Um, and, I, and that's the other thing. I've never talked about, I want you to go throw it for an hour, or I want you to throw 200 pitches. You know, it's about the quality of the practice and not the quantity. Go out there and work on something until you're better at it. If it takes you 20 minutes, it takes you 20 minutes. If it takes you 45, then it takes 45. But if, if you tell people, I want you to go out and throw 200 pitches, anybody can do that, which, by the way, 200 pitches is way too many anyway, but this is what people are telling kids. You know, <laughs> yeah. if I tell you to go throw 100 pitches, you'll go out there and throw 100 pitches, but if you throw 100 pitches wrong, you did yourself more harm than good. So focus on the quality of your practice. When you're working with those kids, um, how much – of the time is spent on development, you know, in developing them. And when does it, or does it ever start to morph into, now you've got to start showing me some results. You, we, we need to have, you know, a number of, we, we need to start winning ball games. We need to start worrying about the numbers that you're putting up. How does that transition from teaching that child the basics to now I need to see some production? Well, it, it's a it's a process, you know, and you and every kid is ready at a different time, and so is winning important? Absolutely, you know. I mean, I'm all about winning. I, you know, I I love the competition. And she all might that. be the most competitive person <laughs> I've ever met in my life, and 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 she's laughing, but she knows it too. She was Lori was always competitive, nice after the game, but when the game was going on, when you crossed the lines. You were mean as a snake sometimes. Right. When they said play ball, I was, I was laser focused. But um, so with kids, it's a process. And, you know, you're, you're focusing on the mechanics of everything. And, and that's the other thing, too. Like parents bring kids to me and, and, and they want to learn four pitches. And, you know, you're 10. You're going to learn the basic core mechanics of a fastball and when you can throw eight out of ten pitches for a strike, then we'll move on to the next pitch. How long does it tip take to take a pitcher who's from you take that that lump of clay to mold them from here, let's just start working on the basic mechanics and throwing a strike to I think I now have a pitcher. How long does that typically take? Two or three years. Yeah. I mean, it really takes a long time. And there's so much that goes into it. Has the kid put in the time? Do they have the mental capability to handle it? Because softball and baseball, more than any other sport, is all about failure all of the time. You know, and you go out there and you practice all the time and, 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 and you come out and you have a horrible day. And this is why kids quit, because we want immediate gratification. And it, it, it's a marathon. It is not a sprint. And, I, and I, I tell kids all the time, you just – Pitching is really hard, and if everyone could do it, they would do it. And so John Stutzman told me that when I was in high school God having a hard time. John Stutzman. Right. And so he told me, because I was getting really upset in, in his John Stutzman way, which I can't say what he would say, but to paraphrase, <laughs> he said, you know, Lori, if pitching was easy, everybody would do it. And it was it, so simple. It made so much sense yeah. to me. You John know? was a simple man, might have, might have made it a little more colorfully said to you, but we both know that John knew what he was doing. He pitched, my gosh, he was pitching for 50 years. Yeah. And so I never had any 
the nice thing for me and where I was very lucky and very blessed was I never had any bad mentors. And so when I first started pitching, I had Eddie Givens out of Hannibal. I had Rocket. Then Stutzman helped me with my changeup. Then I went to college and played for Margie Wright. You know, I played for Harry Phillips in the summer and my dad in the summer. I never had any bad ment- mentorship. There's a lot of really bad coaches out there today that are in it for all the wrong reasons. Softball and baseball and pretty much any other travel sport, it's all a business now. It, it's, a, it's a business. And people are losing sight of the fun side of, of all these things and the memories that you can make and the lifetime friendships that you have. And it's just, it's turned very commercial, like everything else in the United States has turned into. It's all commercialized. As you look at the state of softball locally, whether it's at the high school level, whether it's at the youth level, how is it different from when you played? What can you? Do? Is it better, worse? And what would you? What would you do if 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 I made you the czar of the softball world? What would you change to make the sport better and more more attractive for kids to play? Make the sport better in this area? Yeah. Okay. Um, I would like to see a summer program, you know, that is, we have a lot of kids in it, a developmental program, you know, and like I said, people are moving to travel ball at eight, nine, 10 and year, years old. And the problem is all they do is play games. They don't practice, you know, so kids lose those fundamentals. They've never been taught base running. They've, they've never been taught the rules I've got kids in high school that can't tell you what the infield fly rule is, you know, because they've just played games their, their whole life. They haven't focused on studying the game and understanding the game. And so I would love if, if Quincy could have a developmental program where kids go and they learn the game and they, they practice, not play a whole bunch of games, but practice. And we did, because we lost the CYO softball, we started the junior high program in the Piocro schools, I think it was six years ago, be six years ago, because it was dying. Softball in the, in the parochial school system was dying. I think we were down to, you know, 14, 15 kids. So we had, we had to do something to keep kids interested in playing. This has been fan, fantastic. It's, 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 for me, it's been fun. You know, like Lori tells it like it is. And that's one of the ways that she was as a player. That's the way she is now to hear her talk about softball, especially as someone who I know is you've spent a large part of your life. Softball has shaped you very much as a person, hasn't it? It has. I mean, it's been my whole life. And um, I just, I've learned so many things from the game of softball and I've made so many friends, not just in Quincy, not just in this area, but all over the country I've run into people and, you know, Getting, I've been a lot of places playing softball. We were just talking about this at work today. I've been a lot of places, but I didn't really get to see anything but the softball field. So I've been there. <laughs> You've been to Colorado, but you didn't really get to see the mountains. I saw the mountains because the mountains were the backdrop of the national tournament. You know, I've been to Houston. All I saw was the softball fields. I've been to Dallas. I've been all over this country. I've been to Connecticut, and it rained for seven days, and we were in the hotel and got back on the charter bus and left. I never really saw anything. Yeah. But I've made a lot of really good friends and um, a lot of good contacts, and so it, it's been a complete joy in my life. And, and just, just so you know how, how important softball is to Lori, she 
the Facebook post you had the other day about the dream that you had. Yes. Tell 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 the tell the listeners about your dream because this in essence summarizes Lori. <laughs> So I had just seen Melinda uh, Fisher, who's the head coach at ISU, still is the head coach, and she was one of the coaches that I played for. So we were talking about she was looking for a 2021 pitcher because they need a pitcher. And so with all the talk, you know, I I watch a lot of sports on TV, not just softball, but with all the talk of everybody being granted an extra year of Mm -hmm. eligibility. And so I, I had this dream that um, I was granted an extra year of eligibility and ISU called me and they wanted me to come back in the fall because they needed a pitcher next year. And the whole thing is so vivid. I worked out all summer. I mean, I'm 54 years old. I worked out all summer. I show up on campus and our first fall game is against the University of Oklahoma who just won the College World Series. So I had watched all of that and the whole thing was so vivid, I could actually see the people on the University of Oklahoma she threw me that game to pitch, and we lost 36 to nothing. I woke up in a panic. I was sweating. You know how you, you have a dream, and you, you wake up, and you think that it's real? Like, I, could, I was out of breath. I'm sweating bullets. And it probably took me a good couple of minutes to figure out, okay, you're in your bed in Quincy, Illinois. You didn't pitch against the University of Oklahoma. The only difference in that story is I still believe at 54, you could still go out there and th- – you can throw strikes. I have I no, throw, I I have no lose, doubt about that. I might lose 12 to nothing, but I don't think it would have been 36. Right, right. Yeah. And that's Lori. She, at least I got it knocked down to 12. That's the competitiveness right. in her. Thank you. This You're has welcome. been a lot of fun. You're welcome. Uh, thank you for also for listening to today's podcast. You can catch other podcasts about youth sports by clicking on the podcast link on our website at muddyrivernews.com.